Well, good morning. I want to welcome you again to Central Presbyterian Church and into this journey of transformation through the renewing work of the Lord Jesus. Uh, as our CCS choir is leaving, thank you again. It was wonderful. Mrs. Kuba, thank you. Um, if if uh, you're not familiar with our school across the street, it's an excellent educational option, three years old through sixth grade. And if you want to know more about what they do, if you have children or grandchildren that might be interested in Central Christian School, I would love to talk with you. Kristen would love to talk with you. Grab us after the service and we'll catch a moment to let you know what God's doing over there. This winter and spring, we have been studying a life. Well, before I, do, before I get there, um, some of you know that I was back at Mayo Hospital this past week to get more treatment for migraines, and I feel better this better today. So thank you so much for many of you who are praying. Thank you. And so many of you have been faithful to reach out and encourage us and pray for us, and so grateful. So now, uh, we're on, on this series of Life by Design, looking at God's Ten Commandments and how that regulates our life together, our, our community together. And this morning, we're talking about commandment number five, honoring authority, honoring your father and mother. And as the church has traditionally understood it, honoring all sorts of authorities, which begin with mother and father as a bit of a prototype for all the types of authorities that God sets into our lives, like teachers or employers or government officials or church leaders or, need I say it, presidents, no matter your preferred candidate. And maybe I just made it harder for you to think about this. Because every one of us has some authority in our lives that is just hard for us to honor. Because every authority in our lives, every leader, every parent, every pastor fails. And sometimes it's hard to honor authority when authorities fail. For that matter, every follower fails too. Which is why we need Jesus. We need a perfect redeemer, the Lord Jesus, who not only forgives us of our failure and gives us the gift of his righteousness received by faith alone, but also that same Jesus sends his spirit to help us when we desperately need his assistance to keep the commands and to honor those whom we need to honor. If that's you today, if you struggle to respect and honor authorities that the Lord's placed in your life, I hope as we study these passages that it will encourage you as the Lord equips you because our authority, the creator and redeemer, our liberator and lawgiver uses his authority to give us life. So what does God call us to do in response? What does God call us to do for the sake of our community, the sake of our society, as we honor the authorities the Lord sets over us? We're going to read the, the fifth commandment from Exodus chapter 20, and we'll look at it as well in Ephesians chapter 6. I want to invite you to turn in your pew Bible in front of you or your own copy of God's Word in front of you, but let's pray as we turn to the Scriptures. Lord, we ask that you would send your spirit and open our eyes that we might behold wonderful things from your law, that we might behold Jesus and hear his call. And Lord, would you send your spirit to renew our wills that we might desire to be obedient. And so, Lord, we ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts would be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Exodus 20, 
verse 12. Hear God's word. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Now, Ephesians 6, verses 1 to 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Kids these days, sometimes we just shake our head. Kids these days, I was reading a cultural authority a little while ago, and this is what he said. He said, youth today love luxury. They have bad manners, contempt for authority, no respect for older people, and talk nonsense when they should be working. Young people do not stand up any longer when adults enter the room. They contradict their parents, talk too much in company, guzzle their food, and tyrannize their elders. Well, how about that? You know who said that? Socrates. Socrates. (laughs) Exactly, Norm. Socrates, 400 BC, he said that. What could be said about youth then can be said about any generation. It's not a new struggle for sinful human beings to honor the authorities that God places in our lives. It's common to all of us. A disclaimer as we start this morning, I'm not going to cover every question that you have. In fact, I'm not trying to. What I'm trying to do with these commandments, with the first four we looked at as well, is to give you some biblical categories that can spur your own engagement with the Spirit and His Word and give you some categories and leave you with some questions that might roll around in your heart all week long so that the Lord can bring change into your life by His grace. We're not going to cover every single question, but I pray you will wrestle with them before God's Word So with that disclaimer, what I'd like to do this morning is to ask three basic questions of this text. The first is what and when and why? What does it mean to honor our father and mother and when are we called to do it and why do we do it? Let's start with the first. What does it mean to honor father and mother? The word honor in the original Hebrew means weight. It means heaviness. It's, it's the word kavod, which is translated glory sometimes. It's significance. That's what the word says. It means to give due weight, to give due significance to the words of the authorities in your life, recognizing them that God has placed them there. Specifically with children and parents, it means for the instruction of parents to be counted as weighty in the life of their children. Kids, isn't it true that sometimes the weight or the word of your friend matters more than what your parents say? Sometimes we weigh the word of our peers, the weigh the word of our friends, and that's more significant in our minds and in our hearts than the words of our parents or the words of the authorities in our lives. But the command here is to direct children to understand that if we want to walk in the ways of the Lord, if we want to, to, we want to know how to work, live and work in God's world, we must be willing to be guided by the weighty authority, the weighty word, the weighty instruction of our parents. Now, that may look differently in different stages of life, might it? 
Look at Ephesians 6, the apostle Paul says, children, obey your parents. And obey is not the same word as honor. And children, he says here, he's referring to small children, like elementary school kids. Obey your parents because they have weight in your life. Now, that may look differently than how it looks in the life of a teenager. For teen years, maybe it's not as simple as boiling it down to obedience or not, but are our teenagers reverencing who our parents are? Are they giving these people weight in their lives? For example, teens, do you ever obey on the outside, but do it with an eye roll? That's being obedient, but not honoring the weight of the parents in your life. Or maybe you say, I'll do what I'm supposed to do because I have to, but it's stupid. I really don't want to. That's not what this is talking about. It's talking about having a, a heart that's moved to give weight and significance to the word of authorities in our lives. Or for adults, are we honoring our parents in their old age? Are we counting them as significant? Are we, or are we kind of trying to put them out somewhere and not consider them significant, weighty in how we spend our lives? Our duty to our parents lasts our whole lifetime. But it looks different across the decades, doesn't it? Because the nature of a parent and child relationship changes across the years, right? Parents of adult children know that we can offer advice and, and hope that our children would give it due consideration. And that's what it means for adult children to honor their parents. To just consider the word of their parent. Give it weight. Consider it and see how it might fit. But it may not mean following their advice and taking their advice on every occasion. It's a different kind of relationship with adult children, isn't it? Or on the other side, it may be challenging for us parents of adult children to feel honored, especially when our children refuse to take our advice. But isn't that what we've raised them up to do? We've raised them up to use their judgment and make honorable decisions before the Lord. That's what we want out of them, right? That's what we raise them to do. And sometimes parents of adult children, it calls us to take an even deeper step into a life of faith. Entrusting our children to the Lord because the authority that a parent has over an adult child is diminished in lots of ways. It doesn't look the same way when our children have become adults. And so parents with adult children, this is a time to lean into the truths of their baptism. That these children truly belong to the Lord. They've been united to Jesus through covenant promise. And we are just their stewards. We're seeking to raise them and care for them and steward them because these kids belong to the Lord. They've been washed with water, picturing the cleansing work of the Lord Jesus Christ. So mom and dad, ask Jesus for faith to parent your adult children well. Ask Jesus for the ability to put your adult children into his arms and maybe out of our clutched hands that we want so much to control. And we can't, but it's hard. Ask Jesus to remind you and press deeper into our hearts and our minds that these children belong to the Lord. We're here to guide, but we don't control anymore. What does it mean to honor our father and our mother? It means to consider them weighty, significant. 
Our lives are shaped to care for them. So when? When are we supposed to do that? A few scenarios to roll out for you here. This is a big one, kids, and I know that all of you kids here are experts at doing this thing because, this is a hint, your parents did exactly the same thing when they were your age. What we hear, kids, sometimes is honor your father and your mother, and what you do instead is think divide and conquer. You know what I mean? Like, Get dad to agree to something that you know mom will disagree with. And if you can make the disagreement about them, then maybe you'll get your way. Kids have been doing that for generations. It may sound something like this. Mom, dad said that it's fine if I go out with my friends tonight and now you won't let me go. Gosh, mom, maybe you and dad need to have some communication counseling here. Something's wrong with you guys. Did you notice that authority here is given to fathers and mothers equally. All the commentators say this was a completely unique concept, that men and women, equal in dignity, honor, and significance, together as partners seek to establish this foundational building block of all of society, the family, fathers and mothers, together exercising their authority as parents. So kids, we honor both mother and Father. And on the other side, parents, don't we do the divide and conquer thing either? It might be easy to have this hard, flash cut division of labor thing. Either it's dad or mom, one working outside the home and bringing home the bacon, so to speak, and the other handles all the kid stuff and handles the emotional part of the family, the discipline, the enforcement, and all of that. Don't do that. Please don't do that. That's not how God has designed his family to work. But parents, together are partners in the economical flourishing of the family. Parents together are partners in the emotions of the family and the discipline of the family. If God has given you the gift of being in a two-parent family, kids, say thank you. Husbands and wives work together in parenting your children. Don't have one do one and one do the other kind of thing, especially dads. I'm thinking about us here. Don't think if I provided for my family, my job's done. Your kids need to know that you are emotionally present with them. They need to know that you know about their lives. You're curious about their lives. They need to hear you say that you are proud of them, that you love them, that they matter enough to you to spend time with them. Kids don't need only one parent doing that kind of uh, emotional affirmation. Kids need both parents if You're privileged to be in a home with father and mother. Dads, don't don't neglect the blessing that you have in the lives of your children when you tell them you love them frequently, when you tell them you're proud of them. So one of the ways, one of the scenarios when we honor our parents is when we honor them together, mother and father together. Another scenario is when honoring them may mean forgiving them. Even the best authorities fail. The best parents, the best leaders, the best pastors all fail and need to be forgiven. But what's more, some of you may have had genuinely very, very difficult parents and a very difficult, hard life. Maybe 
parents were alcoholic. Maybe their marital trauma has affected you and the way you live your own life right now. And it is so easy to grow up embittered as a child and hang on to that bitterness as you grow into adulthood. But what Paul says here in Ephesians 6 is obey your parents in the Lord. Now, there are lots of things that that phrase in the Lord means, but it at least means this. Your parents who may have hurt you, that you see them through the same grace that you've received from your Savior. If you've received grace from Jesus, seek to offer it to other authorities in your life, other parents in your life. Seek to be forgiving with them. Rather than clinging to the wounds that have embittered your soul, seek to release those wounds to Jesus. It doesn't mean that it's easy. And it doesn't mean that if you're in relationships with authorities or parents that continue to do harm in your life, continue to bring abuse in your life, that does not mean that you reconcile with them so they continue to abuse you. Please do not hear me say that. What I'm saying is, if you're hanging on to some wound, you can always offer forgiveness and revoke revenge. That I will not seek to hurt you, to pay you back for all the hurt that I've received in my life. Release that grievance to Jesus, the one who is filled with abundant grace. I mean, what good does it do you to hang on to those grievances? Maybe your parents genuinely were awful and, and you're holding on to this grudge in your life. But friends, that's simply just giving that hurt the position of continuing to control you throughout your life. Release those wounds to Jesus. Turn them over to the Lord, the Lord who forgives and can restore, the Lord who is able to take hurts and harms from us and enable us to have hands free to cling to our heavenly Father who will never fail us. He will never hurt us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Perhaps in ways your own parents have, your heavenly Father will not treat you that way. Give, open your hands and release those wounds. Forgive, revoke revenge and ask the Lord to help the bitterness inside your heart to be poured out and ask the Lord to pour his peace into your heart. It's true not just with nuclear families, it can also be true inside of a church family. There can be roots of bitterness and accusation that, that take root and we just carry them year after year after year. Open your hands up. Open your hands up from the suspicions and the mistrust and the grievances and give them to Jesus and say, Lord, help me every day to continue to forgive and revoke revenge. I do not want to be the kind of person that seeks to hurt and harm the people who may have hurt and harmed me. One further thought on this. It's easier for children to forgive parents who know that they need to be forgiven. Parents who know what it means to take seriously that we are sinners. Parents, what I mean by this is seek to take seriously the role and responsibility that we have in our families to be lead repenters in our home. One of the best gifts that any parent can give to their children is being an adult who knows he or she needs grace. An adult who is quick to repent and models that I need Jesus and you need Jesus. We, we need forgiveness. It's, it's not just for little people who disobey. It's for adults who disobey as well. 
We all need grace. We, we all need Jesus. And friends, if you don't hear anything else I say today, please hear this. Take that charge of being a parent seriously. Seek to show Jesus to your children and your grandchildren. Seek to demonstrate them the sufficiency of the cross. And children in our own church, and our church family, let's live as people who show Jesus and, and profess that we need Jesus. All of us, it's the best gift that we can offer to the generation that comes behind. Is demonstrating, modeling, proving we all need Jesus's work. One other scenario when we must honor our father and mother, other authorities in that scenario is when it may mean saying no. It's one other aspect of that obey in the Lord. If there's any authority in your life, if there are parents or government or anyone else who tries to stand in the way of you being able to obey God, you have a duty to say no to that human authority. As the Apostle Peter says, honor the emperor, and he was thinking of Nero at the time, but fear God. We have a higher duty of loyalty and allegiance to God, and there are times when obeying God may mean saying no to some human authority in our life. One more. Honor our parents when it's hard. Honor our authorities when we don't want to, when our authorities may not even be behaving all that honorably. Sometimes authorities don't carry themselves in ways that we admire, and yet we're still called to honor them, to count them as weighty and significant in our lives, if not for the person, at least for their position. Think of the dishonorable authorities we see all over the Bible. And yet God's people were still called to honor them. And think about King Saul, who was a disaster and a disgrace of a king for God's people. And yet David refused to take Saul's life when he had the opportunity because he said, Saul is the anointed of God. He was due honor. Or the backdrop of the New Testament. When I think it's 11 of the original 12 were executed by the Roman state. And yet Peter explicitly says, honor the emperor, honor Nero dishonorable an emperor as you can conceive of in your mind. We may not want to, we may not, we find it very challenging and nonetheless we're called to honor the authorities God places in our lives. Sometimes that means challenging them. Sometimes that means expecting better out of them than they are offering in the moment. And yet we count them as weighty and significant. And God's spirit can help us obey when we don't want to. If you don't want to, if there's some authority in your life that's really hard to honor, ask Jesus to help you grow the want to in your heart. Ask him to help you desire to fulfill this command. So what does it mean to treat them with weight and significance? When do we do it? Lots of different places, not rules for you to follow, but categories with you to, for you to think about before the Lord and his word and by his spirit. And we end with why. Why do we honor parents? Why do we honor authorities in our lives? Well, ultimately, we honor authorities because all of us are under authority. 
Everyone is under the authority of God, our creator and redeemer, our liberator, our lawgiver. That's the way Paul puts it in Ephesians 6.1. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. The God who created us created a world with a moral order, with moral structure, with, with foundations of things that are right and things that are wrong. It's how God made his world, and all of us are called to be in submission to how God made his world, what he calls right and what he calls wrong. In the command in Exodus 20, we say, honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land God gives you. That, That honoring authority creates stability across generations. It provides a foundation for a society to thrive with authorities using their authorities as they're supposed to be used and we who follow as we're supposed to follow. But please don't hear that as a guarantee. It wasn't intended to be a guarantee that if a child honors their father and mother, then they will live a long life. It's not true. It's not a guarantee. We know that from our own experience. We see children, even our own church, beautiful, lovely children who the Lord took early. It's not a guarantee that we will live a long life on this earth. Because remember, for the covenant family of God, we who are saved by the work of the Lord Jesus, the Lamb who was slain, the Messiah who was promised, life on this earth is not at the end of our horizon. We have life with God in heaven. We have life with God in a new heavens and a new earth who belong to God, can live with him in his world forever. But the reason for obeying authorities goes even deeper still. We've said many times before, God is not only our creator, but he is our redeemer. The one who's liberated us from slavery to sin and evil and the devil himself, the God who sent his own son that we might be set free, submitted himself to a holy justice That was due for you and for me. He was condemned in our place that we might be set free from that condemnation forever. And it is that God who was willing to take our condemnation on himself. That is the God who is sovereign over every authority in this world, including every detail of your life. So we live a life honoring the sovereignty of, God, of a God who loves you the way that he does, who rules over every authority in your life as completely as he does, all for your good and my good. It doesn't mean it's easy. It may be even really hard in your life right now to see how this thing or this person is accountable to anyone other than themselves. They seem to be running amok in my life. But friends, at its root... The one who loves you, the God who came for you, has authority over every moment of your life. Not one facet of your life comes to you without passing through the nail-scarred hands of Jesus, your Savior, first. We honor authority because Jesus is the one in authority over every authority. He rules and reigns over all. Let me close with this. Robert Smith is a recently retired professor of preaching at Beeson Divinity School in Birmingham, a a prince of African-American preachers in our generation. And Dr. Smith is a man who is deeply familiar with suffering. He lost his wife when his three boys were very young. 
And just last year, his oldest son died after battling cancer for 15 years. Perhaps most painful of all, his youngest son, Tony, was murdered a couple of years ago in a restaurant robbery. Tony was doing his thing in the kitchen. He was, he was the cook in this restaurant. And these folks came in to rob the restaurant and he walked out of the kitchen and they expected him to open the cash register. He didn't know how to do it. He hadn't been trained how to open up the cash register and he was senselessly murdered because he couldn't open a cash register. How do you make sense of something like that? How do you keep going in a world with suffering like that when you experience it like that? Robert Smith was asked that very question in a recent article and this is how he answered. You learn to say that God is sovereign. It's easy to say it, he says. It's easy to say that when the sun is shining, but when the sun goes down and you have to live that, then it gets real. He continued, we are not to demystify the mystery or unscrew the inscrutable or figure out the unfigure outable. We always have to go back to Calvary that God did not spare his own son. God hurt himself for us. Listen to this. He said, Pilate and the other soldiers thought they were carrying out their own designs and their own plans, but they weren't. Jesus was ruling and reigning even from the cross. And Jesus rules and reigns over every authority Right now in your life, he even has the power to turn upside down the designs of evil to harm you. He can turn it upside down and bring blessing out of the deepest hurt because Jesus rules. He uses his good sovereignty over everything to give us life. And he leaves us asking the question, is he worth trusting? Is this one who gave himself for me, is it worth trusting the ruling of my life to him because I've made a mess of my own life? Is it worth trusting him? You bet it is. Because at the end of the day, we honor authorities even when it's hard because our God is sovereign. He knows our names, he loves us, and he rules over every authority ultimately for your and my good, his dearly loved people, a people of his own precious possession. And friends, there is nothing, there is no power, there is no authority which can stop his blessing and and favor being given to your life because Jesus came for you and for me. Let's pray. Lord, there are some of us in this room today for whom honoring authorities is really hard because we've been hurt. Some have been abused and harmed and wounded so deeply. And so, Jesus, I pray that by your spirit of comfort, the giver of all grace, would you walk closely and tenderly with the bruised reeds and the smoldering wicks among us. And Lord, tenderly speak over our hearts, it's okay. It's okay because you are in charge.
because you, Lord, the lover of our souls, are sovereign. So teach us to honor and give weight and give significance to those you set into our lives ultimately because we know that you are on the throne and they are not. So Jesus, teach us, equip us, and by your spirit, enable us to honor the authorities you've set in our life. And when it gets hard, Spirit of the living God, strengthen us in our weakness. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.